Hello, Internet. This is Ewan Spence and the Insight Calling. This week, Eurovision is brought to you by the numbers 30, 23 and 15. Coming up, changing the jury percentage. More broadcasters confirmed from Almo. And we have dates to go to Benidorm. Yes, good afternoon, good morning, good evening. Welcome to the summer months of the Eurovision Song Contest where things happen mostly behind closed doors and things that we see are just very quiet, steady steps. Everything kicks off a little bit more when we get to September the 1st. That's the deadline for when songs can be publicly performed after that date, if you publicly perform them, they can appear as entries to the Eurovision Song Contest later on in that season. So September 1st, 2023, for our delightful contest in the grand final on the 11th of May, 2024. And of course, semi-finals the 7th and the 9th just before that. That, of course, is in Malmo Arena, which is by the bridge, which is uh, very close to Copenhagen Airport. That's the best place to fly in. And as always, free cancellation is your friend. You can sort out your hotels now. You can sort out your flights in most circumstances as well. Always remember, hotel flights will get cheaper the closer we get to May. Flights will probably start to rise, but a lot of them won't be in the system yet. So if you are looking to travel out to Malmo or at least put some markers down, shop carefully, shop sensibly, and all will be fine. Publicly, there's not much news outside of the EB and organisers over the last two weeks. There's going to be a significant amount of action happening behind the scenes. Malmo doesn't have long to prepare for an international event. It's just a couple of months before they have to be ready to get the staging in uh, and such like, you know, sort of uh, late March, early April. That is not long. Each broadcaster has the deadline to find a song that they'll need to submit to the EBU, which is mid-March-ish. And many will be looking at doing national finals before that. So they've got a few months to put on that big show before the big, big show. Even if they've got experience of doing it in previous years like Melody Festival and GP all of that it still needs careful and quick planning much of that as I said behind closed doors but there are discussions and debates happening in the community and within the broadcasters as well speaking to the Eurovisios podcast Norwegian head of delegation Stig Carlson spoke about the potential for his broadcaster NRK to ask the EBU to decrease the weight of the jury vote currently at 50% of the final score, hence we get our 50-50. He does note that the jury vote counterbalanced diaspora voting and it helps to make an exciting contest, but he felt that the public would want to see songs performing well in the televote winning the contest, which is a very fine line to thread between the sort of, you know, combined vote, but also the only true winner can be a televote winner. As with any decision... There's going to be consequence and there's going to be debate as well. Of note here is the jury winning mention of 30%. You know, Finland would have won in Liverpool at that mark and Eurovision 2023 would be presumably heading close to Helsinki. But there are other changes as well. For example, Russia would have won back in 2016 instead of Ukraine. And I will play devil's advocate for the moment because Norway has typically sent songs that perform better with the public and the jury. And in the last five years, Norway would not have dropped to position if we'd went to 30-70. Indeed, four out of five would have seen a better result. 2023 would still be fifth, 
2022 would have gained two places, gained two places in 2021, gained three places in 2019 and gained one place in 2018. Now, look, there is actually a bit in the rules that says the EBU can change the percentage. It's actually a relatively easy thing to do on paper. But there are going to be changes, there are consequences, and you have to decide before you know what the scores are going to be in advance. I personally feel that 50-50 is the least worst option that we have, but bring on the debate, keep it refreshing, keep everybody welcome, and let's see what happens for 2024. Okay, in terms of entries and such like, let's start with Junior Eurovision. It's still sitting at 15 uh, from the last News Insight podcast. 2022 uh, saw 16 countries entry. Remember, we're missing Kazakhstan this year and uh, we're missing Serbia as well. But Germany have announced that they are returning. Uh, So we're sitting there at 15. Albania uh, will be holding its Junior Fest 2023 to select its performer for Junior Eurovision on September the 20th. That's the next sort of big public date that we have in the junior eurovision calendar in terms of malmo 2024 we're now at 23 publicly confirmed broadcasters azerbaijan lithuania and ukraine are joining that list remember of course that that's publicly confirmed there may be more broadcasters who've said to ebu yep we're in here's our entry form but they haven't announced it yet the only time we will get an official announcement of all the countries will come from the EBU probably in November-ish time uh, once we get that sorted down in there. Uh, let's see. Let's go down the list. Austria, Azerbaijan, Cyprus and Denmark. Estonia, Finland, France and Germany. Iceland, Ireland, Israel, Italy. Lithuania, Luxembourg, Malta and Moldova. The Netherlands, Norway, Serbia and Spain. Sweden, Switzerland and Ukraine. Almost a little tiny bit of a ride there at the and uh, what have we got around the countries? Austria's announced that they're going to be going for an internal selection again. Um, ORF have asked Peter Schreiber to go out scouting for them. There's no official submission window here, but Peter is on Instagram talking about it. So if you want to drop him a DM, then, you know, that might work there. There's been a nice bit of PR there as well with 2014 winner Conchita saying that she would DM Schreiber once a whole bundle of fans asked if she would look at Eurovision again. Is it serious or not? I don't know. But we all know that Austria is now... Uh, looking for their entry. So that's a win all round. Azerbaijan have also officially opened up their submissions. Uh, deadline is September the 30th. Looking for performers to send in their songs. It has to follow all the Eurovision rules. Notably, not perform publicly before September the 1st. See earlier in the podcast. Also open official submission-wise is Cyprus. Uh, looking for those to come into Fame Story, which, remember, is going for a more educational Fame Academy-style approach rather than ultra-competitive knockout singing for this year. Star TV are taking care of that, so head over to them if you are looking to go in. Um, Israel have announced that the internal selection used for Noah Carell is no longer happening. They're not using the X Factor either. They are returning back to the next star. Judges have been announced on this. Filmed auditions begin in September. Shows will start on air in October and probably run all the way through to December. What else? Luxembourg returning, of course, after many a year away. The first closed-door auditions have already taken place. 
Uh, the country's return to Eurovision now lies in one of about 100 acts who've met the qualifying criteria. Televised final there, January the 27th, and we suspect that is going to be a very well-watched national final in the community. Finally here, let's go for Spain. Uh, stressing, it's a festival. Uh, we now have dates from Benidorm Fest, and this is important because you can get a lot out of the festival if you're an artist. If you go into a contest, you really don't want to lose. So if you can get that balance of just enjoying the music, you're likely to get more bigger names coming in. Anyway, Benidorm Fest, again, it's taking place over three nights. Semi-finals on Tuesday the 30th of January and Thursday the 1st of February 2024 with a grand final on Saturday the 3rd of February. Naturally, it's in Benidorm and it's the third modern edition of Benidorm Fest there. Right then, what have we got around the Eurovision internet this show? Not much. It's the summer. We're all being very, very... No, there's, there's stuff going on keeping up to date. Uh, we have a series of articles coming up, uh, sort of looking at the Eurovision landscape after Liverpool. Uh, so why was it a success for Liverpool? Why has it been successful for artists? Why is it a win for the BBC? All of that. And the UK media's changing attitudes coming up over the next couple of weeks on the main website, www.escinsight.com. As for the rest of the internet, it's relatively quiet. Uh, so just go out, enjoy your time. Uh, and if you're getting married this weekend, all the best from us here at ESC Insight. And to all the friends out there, stay safe. Whether we've met you or we're going to be meeting you in the future, be kind to each other. I'll say ta and catch you on the next podcast. This ESC Insight News Podcast was hosted by Ewan Spence, written by Ewan Spence and the team at ESC Insight. Find out more at escinsight.com. Support us, patreon.com slash ESC Insights.